Welcome to the Chasing Presence podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true nature. Today, we are going to talk about mindset, limiting beliefs, the difference between a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset, and how you can change your beliefs about yourself and about life in order to grow as a person, a person, accomplish your goals, and live a more fulfilling and meaningful life. I think that a lot of times in the society that we live in, it's easy to be persuaded or conditioned to believe that we are limited in our abilities and in what we can achieve. We're told to follow the status quo. We're, we're conditioned through the education system to be very sheep-like and to just follow the system and not think for ourselves. And we are trained to believe that everything in life is this competition and we have to compete against others in order to get what we can and that our success is at the expense of others. And when you go on the spiritual path or on a personal development path and a journey of self-growth, you begin to realize that there's actually an abundance of energy and resources in the universe and that God in the universe wants what's best for us as long as we also put in the effort. So let's go in and dive in into some of the, the methods and tools we use to develop a growth mindset and how that has affected our perception of life thus far. Mike, what are your thoughts? So I'm going to start off by defining what a limiting belief is, um, because I feel like, you know, it, sometimes like the, the term itself can be kind of vague, but from, from a general standpoint, it's a state of mind, conviction, or belief that you think to be true that limits you in some way. And, and it could be about anything. It could be about your interactions with other people, about the world, how you think the world works. But at the end of the day, a limiting belief is what you think about reality or what you think about yourself. And this can generally be irrational, or this could have been programmed into you by environment, by, you know, society, by, by advertisements, which, you know, are very tricky in the way that they, in, in the way that they program you. But the point is it, it you know, it starts with a thought, you know, it, it's some programming in your subconscious mind that will it'll just bubble up a thought to your conscious mind. If you latch onto that and then you know, an associated feeling gets sparked because of that. And you got hormones running through your system based on that. It's going to keep feeding that limiting belief. So, you know, limiting beliefs are very destructive because if you have no limiting beliefs, if you have, you know, an unlimited belief in yourself, then you can basically achieve anything. So it's really important that we learn to identify what our limiting beliefs are through awareness, through self-reflection, and we begin to eradicate these limiting beliefs because we want to be unlimited abundance, abundant individuals so that we can so so that we can achieve, you know, whatever our life's desire is and we can enter those states of love, joy, and gratitude whenever we can. And, you know, obviously, you know, we limiting beliefs are going to be a part of us for a long time, especially if it's been programmed into you. Like, you know, for me, 
I know that they've been programmed into my subconscious mind for the past 14 years before I started getting spiritually awakened. So we have to realize that, you know, 14 years of constant negative feedback cycles that these limiting beliefs are eliciting, it's going to take a long time for us to eradicate them. It's not something that you can just, you know, have one spiritual mystical experience and they just go away. No, it, we have to unprogram ourselves through repetition and we cannot be short-sighted. So that has been my, I mean, so I, I'll just start by listing out what my negative limiting beliefs are because, you know, especially when I was growing up, I had a lot of them. Um, and, you know, one of them is, you know, it, it, a very common one is just, I'm not good enough. I don't, I don't think that, you know, I'm uh, an abundant enough person. I don't think people, you know, enjoy being around me. I don't think I, I deserve to be around, you know, other people. I, I, I don't deserve success. Um, I I can't, you know, I can't discipline myself to do this. It, it's it's just, you know, I can't, I can't, I won't, I, I'm not able to. Um, and like I said, when you start having these thoughts, we, we really need to be aware of when that's happening. And like I said, you know, well, first, before we become aware of the thoughts, we need to know the source of the limiting belief. We need to journal until we fully understand what our limiting beliefs are. So the, the first thing I will recommend is journal, do self-reflection every single day so that you can figure out what is going on in into your subconscious mind. It's specifically when you journal, if you can get into a state where you get your brain to go into an alpha wave state, which, you know, your analytical mind kind of uh, takes takes the back seats and you, you, you allow your creativity to come out, that, that's literally when the door from the subconscious mind to the conscious mind opens up. And then you can literally just start writing shit down onto your journal and understanding what your subconscious mind is trying to tell you. That This is how you identify your limiting beliefs. Once you identify your limiting beliefs and you're not meditating and you're not, you know, writing things down on the pages, then we need to become aware of when these thoughts surface into our conscious mind and we need to try to not focus on them. And you need to allow them to exist, right? We, we need to, once the feeling happens, which by the way, the feeling's only going to last for 90 seconds to two minutes if you don't identify with it if if you don't feel that thought that feeling with more thoughts so if we can identify when the thought happens because mo more than likely when the thought happens a feeling is going to accompany it and it's not going to be a comfortable feeling so what you need to do is you need to feel the feeling and focus on your breath and make sure that if any additional thoughts come up that you're just in pure awareness and you're not letting yourself fall back into the unconscious thought feeling cycle that this limiting belief is causing. So once you become aware of those things, then it becomes a lot easier to deal with it. And then repetition, repetition, repetition. And I know I just talked a lot about this. So Santi, I want to hear your opinion about limiting beliefs and what you've been doing to uh, try to alleviate the that whole negative feedback loop in your mind. Yeah, there was a lot of good points and a lot of good advice there. I would say that a lot of limiting beliefs stem from our childhood and early adolescence and the form formative years of our life. That's when 
we're exposed to a lot of words and ideas and concepts and the environment in which we perceive as being the ultimate truth. So if you were raised um, either in a household or you went to a school where a lot of people weren't very inspiring or motivated or where people struggled financially or where people um, used language that was very negative and, um, and and derived from limiting beliefs, you are likely going to um, cultivate a lot of those same beliefs within your own psyche and in your own mindset, both consciously and subconsciously. So a lot of these limiting beliefs are deeply rooted in how we were brought up and in the environments and people that we associated with for the first, I don't know exactly how long, but let's call it 18 years of your life, you know, where your brain is really developing and you're surrounded by people who, who are just not really inspiring you to be the best version of yourself. And that's the case for, you know, the vast majority of people aren't brought up with people who are um, into spiritual development, into um, mindset hacks, into personal development, into health and wellness, who are, you know, who have financial success and abundance, like all of these things, you know, it's a very small percentage of people who are brought up with people living that kind of lifestyle. And so we have this belief that, oh, you know, if my friends and my family are kind of doing things in this way, this is probably the, the, the limit of what I can achieve as well. And that's very common. And so in order to break out of that, you can follow some of the advice that Mike gave, which is very good. And you can also do some other things. One of the things you can do is starting to be mindful of the content that you consume. So instead of watching things that are, you know, watching films and shows that are have violence and horror and that, you know, activate your amygdala and your fear response, start watching things and listening to things that are inspirational, that are motivational. Listen to podcasts that have to do with personal growth and development. Read books that have to do with those topics. If you're going to watch a show or a movie, make it something that's educational, like a documentary. Or if you want to lighten the mood, watch a comedy. Stand-up comedy can be good a good way to make you laugh and a good way to, to start to let more positive emotions arise through your body. So it's not that you, you shouldn't consume any content, but the content you, you, that you consume should be and should be evoking either positive emotions or should be helping you to think in a more positive way. And the more that you start to consume this type of content, it can start to rewire your mind and your brain and the way that you view things. And, and you start exposing yourself to other individuals who are achieving great levels of success and not just financial success, but success in their relationships, success in their health, success in their overall spiritual growth. And that begins to expand your, your belief in terms of what is possible. You do want to be careful about consuming too much content. There's, you know, you don't want to over consume, but I think in the beginning stages for me, especially when I started about five years ago, really going onto this path, it was important for me to consume a lot of this content because it was new to me. I didn't know anything about it. And then eventually you get to a point where you don't need to consume it as much you do it more moderately and then you focus more on creating, right? Creating this kind of content. Um, you know, maybe it's creating a business or investing in a hobby or a skill set that's going to be useful. But I think in the early stages, if this is something that is new to you, definitely consume a lot and just program yourself to, to start thinking in this, in this new way. The other thing also is being mindful of who you surround yourself with in real life. And this is a huge one. If you're surrounding yourself with, with people who are, who are engaging in toxic, unhealthy habits. Maybe they're, they're super lazy. They're not, they're unmotivated. They're always saying negative things. They're always caught in drama and conflict with you or with other people. You're going to want to as quickly as possible, but also not in a, in a, you know, in a 
in a conflict-oriented way, you're going to want to start to distance yourself from these people who are draining you of your energy and start surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded in the sense that they want to grow, they believe in abundance, they believe in you know, achieving their potential, and they want to become better versions of themselves. Those two things alone, the content that you consume, the people you surround yourself with, is going to have a huge impact on your ability to develop a growth mindset and to get rid of certain limiting beliefs that are holding you back. In addition, like for me, when I moved to Austin, I have met so many people who are life coaches, who are um, pursuing like creating their own business, who are into health and wellness and fitness. I've just started to meet a lot of different people who are on a similar path as myself. And that has made me by seeing these people in real life, not just hearing them on a podcast or reading about something in a book, like actually seeing these people in real life has expanded my view and my belief of what's possible and really believing that it is actually something that I can potentially achieve myself. And that has inspired me to do and be better. Another um, big thing that has been talked about before on previous episodes is this idea of trauma release, releasing your trauma and these these negative emotions that are stored in your body that have been the result of either physical violence or sexual transgressions or bullying or um, just a lot of negative energy maybe surrounded you were surrounded by when you were growing up, all these different adverse experiences that you've had, you're going to need to process them. So either you know, get a coach, get a therapist. Um, there's different forms of therapy you can experiment with. There's, you know, plant medicines that you can experiment with. There's spiritual disciplines that we talk about at length on these podcasts that can help you fasting and meditation, mindfulness. You're going to want to incorporate as many tools as possible and discover what works for you to help you to unlock and release and heal the trauma from your past. That way you can move towards a new future. And this is ultimately going to change the frequency and vibration of the energy that runs your body. And when you change the frequency and the energy that runs you, you change your thoughts. And when you change your thoughts, you change your reality. Yeah, there's a lot of great tidbits in there. Um, and I, I kind of want to continue on this path of, you know, what, what are some of the methods that we can use to overcome our limiting beliefs or, you know, begin to replace them with unlimiting beliefs. Um, and you know, th there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, personally for me, what started it was I actually went to cognitive behavioral therapy and you, I, I know that, you know, therapy is expensive. So if you do have the money you know, go to a licensed professional, you know, a lot of these therapists, you know, have actually, you know, been on spiritual awakenings, uh, for the most part, and they, they understand exactly what you need to do in order to overcome these things. Um, so I, I would highly recommend seeing a therapist if, if you have the means to, um, obviously, like Santi said, uh, consuming good content instead of, you know, watching TV, which, you know, TV, uh, I'll go on a quick side tangent. Adver you need to avoid advertisements like the plague because they it, they are basically engineered to bypass your conscious mind and program your subconscious mind by putting you into a negative emotional state and then confusing your conscious mind so it can program your subconscious mind through repetition. Um, so if you possibly can, don't watch ads. If you are watching TV or if you, you know, on whatever medium, try to avoid ads. Um, but yeah, and consuming content during the, the beginning of you trying to change your limiting beliefs 
specifically personal development content, philosophical, psychological content. You know, there's so much free content on YouTube. Um, if you don't yet have, you know, that full motivation to do some of those things, just endlessly consume that content. I, you know, for me, it's like for music production, that's kind of what I started doing. You know, I, I didn't have like the endless motivation because I didn't really have the mental uh, tools in my arsenal to, you know, be as creative as possible. So sometimes you need inspiration from other, other producers from other sources. So there's nothing wrong with consuming content, obviously everything in moderation. When, when we consume too much, uh, it, it can, you know, it can be a form of a dopamine, um, hits that like constant dopamine hits that, you know, prevent you from actually taking action. So beware of that. But especially in the start, if you're trying to get rid of these limiting beliefs, there's nothing wrong with consuming content. Um, and if you, if you can go to therapy, because, uh, especially if you don't lie to your therapist, like personally, when I began therapy, I had this tendency to not tell them the whole truth because for me growing up, I had the limiting belief that I wasn't good enough. So I, I had the fear that if I communicated, you know, the fact that, you know, I got bullied, uh, or, you know, that, you know, something, something happened that I perceived as negative that I would get judged by my parents or that I would get judged by other people or I'd get judged by a therapist. And then, you know, negative things would continue to cascade, or at least that was my fear of the future. Uh, so whatever you do, make sure you tell the entire truth to your therapist. If you decide to go, because all they're trying to do is help you. They do not judge you. Um, and make sure you do every single journaling exercise, everything. Like if, if you half-ass it at all, it's, it's not going to work in your favor and you're going to be losing your money. That's why I think therapy is very beneficial in removing limiting beliefs because you're paying money. So it's almost like it disciplines you because, you know, therapy is expensive. So if, if you have that financial commitment, it will almost, you know, like make your, uh, motivation stronger because of that. So I think the financial commitment of therapy is is a big motivator. Uh, so if you can go to therapy, um, there there's also been you know studies that say if you just live in a clean environment, if if you you know a, a, a clean environment is a clean mind, and obviously with limiting beliefs, we need to establish space in our minds away from all of the negative thoughts. You know, it's like uh, a good analogy I like to think of is you know if you if you put if you, if you put some salt, if you sprinkle some salt into a, a glass of water, it's going to, uh, it, it's going to make the water taste salty. It's not going to taste as good, but if you, if you put uh, a, a bunch of salt into a lake, it's, it's, the lake's not going to care. It's going to dissolve. It's not going to get, it's, it's not going to get diluted. So the, the, the point being is the more space you have in your mind, the less the negative beliefs can affect you. So cleaning your environment, having a clean environment and upkeeping that can help establish that space in your mind that you need in order to not allow these limiting beliefs to completely take over and, you know, give you a pain body attack. And let me tell you, pain body attacks are not fun when you, when you, when the thoughts completely take over your, your, your mind and it causes feelings. And it's just, it feels like you're possessed by another entity. I just had this happen to me recently. It's not fun. So the more space we can create in our mind, um, the better. And um, obviously, you know, meditation is is a big one in terms of creating space and, you know, becoming aware of what bubbles into your conscious mind and not judging it. 
and whatnot. And, and then obviously there's, there's personal development, just making yourself, just becoming the best version of yourself and being able to trust yourself. I, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you can get rid of limiting beliefs if you are able to trust yourself. If, if you can say, hmm, I can deal with the future present moment because I'm a resilient individual. So then you, you stop worrying about the future because you know that you'll be able to handle it or you'll be, you know that you'll be able to deal with it. So the more you work on yourself, the more habits and routines and, and the more promises that you make to yourself that you follow through with, the, the more you'll be able to, to trust yourself. So then your limiting belief is, you know, oh, I can't, I'm not gonna be able to deal with that in the future or, you know, I, I'm not enough becomes, you start proving to yourself that you are enough because you start doing these habits, you start completing your, you know, your, your achievements, your goals, obviously try to focus on the process and not only focus on achieving goals. But the reason why achieving goals is good is because you establish trust with yourself. Um, So I think that it's very important to work on yourself, you know, exercise, meditate, journal, cold shower, work on your passions, read like there, there's so many things that just make you a, a better more self-aware individual and the more you the more you do this thing everything it's just it's just compound interest the, the more you do these things and obviously you're not going to see a change within the first day it's going to take months that that you know rome was not built in a day and neither was you know your your perfect ideal subconscious mind so let's not be short-sighted and Let's let's just keep becoming better and keep doing habits and routines to eradicate these limiting beliefs. And I know I just talked a lot. So Santi, what are some of the things that you what are some of the methods that you use in order to, you know, get rid of these limiting beliefs and, and you know, what, what what are some of the opinions that you have additionally on this matter? Definitely. So one of the things you mentioned is like making progress. So that's one of the best ways to actually overcome limiting, limiting beliefs is to get results and start with small wins. So you might say to yourself, oh, I am someone who just can't lose weight, right? Or I'm someone who can't just get physically fit or healthy. That's something that a lot of people deal with. And especially since the pandemic, you know, people's health has deteriorated substantially. But if you can start getting some small results and some small wins, maybe you start you know, maybe you hire a personal trainer and, you know, again, you're getting that, giving that financial investment. So you're more invested into the, the results and you have accountability there. If that's something that you need and that will help you, you pay for that personal trainer or you, or you sign up for, you know, a one-year contract at your gym for a membership. Now you're locked in financially and you start little by little getting some results at the beginning. It might just be, oh, I'm going to the gym two to three days a week, Right all of a sudden you start to reprogram your beliefs about what's possible. Hey, I'm someone who can, who has the discipline to show up two to three times a week and work out. And then you build it. Now all of a sudden it's three to five days a week, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you start losing a little bit of weight or you start building a little bit of muscle. And then your beliefs about yourself are changing because you're seeing it in reality through the results that you're getting. So that's one of the best ways is to actually get those results, right? Actually starting to see the changes in your life as you make those changes to your diet, to your workout routine. And this is just an example for physical health, but it can be applied to any area of life that you have a limiting belief in. The other thing is that a lot of limiting beliefs stem from a physiology that is out of balance, whether it's, you know, the biggest reasons for people going to therapy or the number one reason is, is anxiety and stress, right? And the number two reason is depression. And these things are largely impacted by your physiological state. It's impacted by 
um, your neurobiology and it's impacted by in a chronic inflammation. So, you know, for something like anxiety, which is something that's pretty much universal, everyone at some point in their life is going to experience some form of anxiety, even if they don't have a diagnosed mental illness for it, they'll still go through periods where they deal with it. A lot of that can be greatly, there's a lot of tools to mitigate it, but, but one of the things that causes anxiety and stress is a dysregulation of your HPA axis, which is your hypothalamus, pituitary, and adrenal axis. And these are different um, organs and parts of your brain and your body that interact with one another. And if it's dysregulated, it is going to cause you a greater sense of fear, anxiety, stress, these negative emotions that we experience. And one of the best ways to regulate it so it functions properly is through breath work. So practicing conscious breathing, practicing four, seven, eight breath work, box breathing, alternate nostril breathing, uh, walking breath holds, Wim Hof breath work, holotropic breath work. Obviously, you're not going to do all of those things. I don't do all of those things, but experiment with different forms of breath work because through your breath, you can begin to regulate the hormones and the neurotransmitters that are produced and sent out in your body, which is giving you these negative emotions. And you can reprogram it to where that anxiety and that stress no longer has a hold on you and it greatly reduces. And when that happens, your beliefs about your life and your reality will change as well. A lot of your thoughts stem from your emotions and it's these negative emotions that are causing you to have these negative thoughts. And if you can regulate your physiology to no longer produce those hormones and chemicals that are giving you those negative emotions, you can begin to change your beliefs. And like I said, if you can change your beliefs, you begin to change your reality and the momentum of being able to change your reality then compounds. And now you have even more confidence and more of an abundance mindset and, and, a, and a greater belief and confidence in yourself. And the other thing is, you know, depression, which is something that I have struggled with for most of my life. A lot of that can be reduced by reducing chronic inflammation. And so this is going to come largely down to exercising because exercise causes acute inflammation, but it helps to reduce chronic inflammation, um, heat and cold exposure therapy. So cold showers, ice baths, cryotherapy, jumping in a cold body of water, as well as heat exposure, sauna, dry, uh, dry sauna, infrared sauna, sweat lodges, anything that gives you heat, that heat and cold, that exposing yourself to those two extremes makes your body more robust and also helps to reduce chronic inflammation. And then the last thing is going to be nutrition, diet, and sleep. So making sure you're eating a low inflammatory diet, making sure you're occasionally or regularly practicing intermittent fasting or various forms of fasting, and then making sure that you're getting good sleep. All of these things are going to go towards helping you to reduce anxiety, stress, depression, which in turn is going to help you to change your beliefs and is going to help you cultivate a growth mindset when you couple that with you know, the meditation, the breath work, the journaling, the trauma release and all of the other tools that we've been talking about so far. So it, it's really, it's really kind of when it comes to changing your mindset and changing your beliefs, it comes down to changing your daily habits and then also getting results from those changes that in turn gives you the momentum to really believe in yourself because you're seeing it manifest in your actual reality. Yep. Proving, proving to your mind that it is wrong is what we're trying to do here. And, you know, you, you touched on a lot of good things about, you know, how it's not, it's not just about cultivating a strong mental game because, you know, a healthy body is a healthy mind. So we, we, we have to make sure that our body is healthy before we can start cultivating a healthy mind. But like, j just because you eat well, and just because you exercise, 
And, you know, just because you take cold showers and do breath work does not mean that you're necessarily going to have a healthy mind, but it is going to help you, you know, like reach more elevated states of emotion, which is responsible for actually being able to program your mind. And I kind of want to segue into, you know, another, another topic that is closely associated with uh, replacing limiting beliefs, which is positive affirmations. So personally, I, I do tell myself positive affirmations daily. I, I, I have a list that I've memorized. And my, my, my theory there is if you, if you memorize something, like if you memorize your goals, if you memorize your affirmations, then the chances that you will, that affirmation or, you know, that the, the, the idea of your goal will pop into your mind becomes increased. So I, I think it's important to like actually memorize your affirmations because once you identify negative belief, if you can be like, oh, I'm going to pull from my list of affirmations that's, that's in my hippocampus uh, and I'm going to replace this negative thought with a positive thought. I will say that though, uh, you know, affirmations are, you know, said to be very good for you, that in order to actually program a limiting, limiting or reprogram a limiting belief with another one, we have to make sure that with the accompanied thought follows a feeling. So if, if you're just telling yourself affirmations and you're not actually like, it, it's the same thing with, you know, doing a gratitude journal. It's, it's more or less pointless if you're not actually feeling gra- gratitude at the same time. Um, so we, we need to work on being able to reach those states of emotions at, at will when we're like practicing gratitude or, you know, when we're meditating and let me tell you, it is very difficult. I I'm not even close to mastering this, but what we can do to get closer to, uh, you know, program our subconscious mind through elevated emotions is by doing things and and spending time around people that we love. Uh, and, you know, for some, for some people, this is hard to, you know, initially pinpoint, which is why I can't recommend enough journaling every single morning when you wake up uh, so that you can, you know, start, you know, allowing your, and, and by the way, you know, I've already talked about it, stream of consciousness journaling, where you don't judge anything you put onto the paper, you silence your analytical mind and you let your subconscious speak. That is how you're going to figure out what your passions are. That is how you're going to figure out what you want, like who you love. So just try to continue that repetition of journaling until you, you have a good uh, amount of pages that you can like sift through to kind of like identify certain themes. Um, and then once you do, once you do that, then you need to figure out, okay, what can I go do that's going to put me in these elevated emotional states? Because once personally, when I find myself in a state of gratitude, that's when I start telling myself the positive affirmations, because that's when you can program yourself is when you're, when you're feeling the love, joy, and gratitude, then you just be like, Oh, okay. I love myself. I, I am a magnificent being. I, I, I do deserve success. I do deserve to live out my best dreams. And when you're doing that in an elevated emotional state, you're programming your mind. Um, so go find the hobbies and activities and the people that put you into this state of love, joy, and gratitude so you can actually program your, your subconscious mind, replace those limiting beliefs with these positive affirmations. And I can't, I, I can't stress enough how important the actual feeling itself is because 
you know, even though I've been telling myself positive affirmations, I, it hasn't been working as well, unless, I mean, I, I do notice a slight change if I'm feeling an elevated state and I start affirming myself with the beliefs that I actually want. I do notice a, a, a slight change, even though, you know, for the most part, you know, when you exercise one day, you're not going to notice the change in the next day. I feel like when you actually are experiencing love, joy, and gratitude, and you're choosing the thoughts that go from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind, a lot of growth can happen there. So if there's one thing I want you to take away from this little rant I just had, it is find things that you love to do that put you into the state and do it more often. Great advice. I think for me, um, I've tried doing affirmations and mantras in the past. They didn't really work for me too much. I felt a little silly doing them. And kind of my philosophy is like, if I'm, I shouldn't, if I'm already, if I shouldn't have to tell myself positive things to feel good, I should already feel good and have those positive thoughts be a natural product or byproduct of my state of being. That's not to discount the power of affirmations for some people it does work well. It's just for me personally, it's not something I really practice very often. I prefer to maybe read something that's inspiring or positive or listen to something that works better for me. But what does work really well for me is a daily gratitude practice. A lot of people do it in the morning. I prefer to do it at night because it's more reflective for me and it's just a way for me to end my day. I do gratitude and prayer to end my day most days, almost every day. That's how I kind of end my day. And I feel into each thing that I'm saying that I'm grateful for. So that way I'm coupling, like you said, the emotion with the words that I'm using as well. Because it's not just about saying the words, it's also about feeling the emotion. And so I'll say, today I am grateful for my able body. And then I'll really reflect on my gratitude for my body and its abilities. And then I'll say, I'm very grateful for my ability to breathe fully and freely, right? And these are just some examples I go through bunch of different things that I'll say that I'm grateful for and feeling into each one and really reflecting on how grateful I am for each thing that it is I'm saying. And they're usually very, very simple things. Like I said, it's having a warm bed to sleep at night, um, having access to clean water, whatever it might be. I usually pick relatively simple things. If there's something new that happens in my life that I'm grateful for, I'll mention that as well. But it's not like you have to find these grandiose things to be grateful for. It's finding gratitude in the simplest of things. And that can help you to reframe your mindset to really focus on what you have in life rather than what you lack in life. If you're always thinking about what you don't have and what you lack, that more lack and more scarcity is going to manifest in your life. But if you focus on what you do have and what you are grateful for, more of the good will start to grow in your life. That's just that's just how the universe and and all of this works. It's like what you focus on and put your attention on is going to naturally grow. So having a gratitude practice and a prayer practice can be very powerful in, in doing that and in achieving that. And um, yeah, th those are the really the kind of the last things that I would say in terms of in terms of achieving, you know, a growth mindset and having having an abundance mindset, it really comes down to all of these things we've talked about. There was one more thing I wanted to talk about, but I'm drawing, I'm drawing a blank on it. Um, Okay, well, yeah. keep, keep thinking about that because I, I actually I have a question for you. Um, so obviously, uh, a gratitude practice is very good. But like I said, unless you accompany it with a feeling, it is, you know, it doesn't have the same effect. My question is, so how did you get to the point where you're actually feeling gratitude? Because like personally, even though I consciously say, you know, I'm grateful for these things because I am, I don't actually feel it. 
in the moment. So I'm, I'm wondering, and like on, on be, behalf of myself and, you know, other people that struggle for actually like getting into these elevated states of emotion, is there anything that you use in like, like in terms of like, oh, I, I visualize this or, you know, I think about that in, in a certain way that allows you to elicit these emotions or do these emotions just naturally happen as you practice gratitude or, you know, like did, did, was this like a slow thing that started happening as you practice gratitude? Like what was kind of like your development of your gratitude practice? It was more of a gradual process and in a combination of all the things that we've been talking about that allows me to be more in tune with my body. I think if this, if you're very early on in your path of healing and growth, you're probably going to be cut off from emotions and a lot of people can experience apathy or they're just not very in tune with their body and their emotions. And so they might say these things and it'll be robotic and they won't feel anything. But as you start to unlock a greater sense of mindfulness and awareness and a greater sense of, you know, body awareness, and you're able to become more present to the moment, I think as you continue to practice gratitude, you start to feel into it more. So I take time and space to be present and mindful in that moment. It's almost like a meditation. So as I say, Today I am grateful for um, the the I am grateful for the food I got to eat today. I will take I don't just rush through it and go to the next thing. I will take time to think about the meals that I had. You know, not like a long time, but I'll take you know at least several seconds to really think about. Okay, this is the I got to eat food today. It got to nourish my body, and I and I take a moment to just feel into the gratitude that I have for 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 whatever it is that I'm saying I'm grateful for. So I guess it's just a practice that develops gradually. Um, and I'm at a point where I just, I feel it. I don't feel immense deep gratitude every time I do this, but I feel at least some, you know, every time that I do it. And it's been a really helpful practice for me. I remembered the last thing that I want to talk about, which is if there's two things, one is making sure that you're getting, um, outside and spending time in nature, spending time, getting natural sunlight, spending time with, you know, being around plant life and, and green and, and greenery and natural, the natural environments. Cause if you're inside all the time and you're not getting out enough, that can have a negative impact on your thoughts and your emotions. So it's really important to get exposure to fresh air, nature, the environment. That can be a really important tool in helping you to change your mindset, especially if you couple that with something like, you know, I don't really journal, but if you do journaling, like doing it outdoors or, you know, exercising outside, like all of these things, coupling that with the outdoor aspect of things can help to open up space and free up your mind. I know that when I've been in deeper states of depression, getting outdoors just is extremely helpful. Um, and then also, if you're someone who is regularly struggling with limiting beliefs, scarcity mindsets, negative thought patterns, negative emotions, and what you're doing isn't changing that and you're just stuck in this rut, you need to do something different. You need to experiment and try a different routine, try a different habit, try a different action. If you keep doing the same things that you're doing, but expecting a different result, it's not going to happen. That's the definition of insanity, right? So you need to change something up and do something different. You know, go, like I said, like if you're not going outside often, take 10 to 15 minutes every day to make sure you're going outside. Go try, sign up for like a retreat, sign up for a new class for a new skill you've never taken, change things up, like go to an event you've never gone to before, um, you know, read a new book. I don't know. Try something different that that you haven't been trying and see how that works for you because I am a big believer in, in changing things when things aren't working, but also experiencing things through direct experience. There's too many people that 
I see it all the time whenever I'm on like TikTok and I read people's comments. They just want the answer. They want the thing like, what is it that I need to do? And then they'll argue and be like, oh, well, does science support this? And they just want everything to be laid out for them, like this perfect path of like, well, all the science supports these habits and this is what this person did. So if I do that exact thing, I'll get the results right away. That's not how life works. You need to experience things directly for yourself and experiment. And some things you try are going to work great and other things you try are not. There is so many things that I've tried that haven't worked for me. And I spent tons of money into certain things and tools that, that didn't end up really moving the needle and that, but that's just a part of it. And then there have been other things that I've tried that have given, given me amazing results. So you're going to have to have that direct experience and experiment and try what works for you and try different things in order to tweak your routines and your habits in order to get the results that you want. But it's not going to be a straight line. It's going to be a very circuitous and uncertain path. And that's just life. So you need to accept that. Yeah, your your path is going to be 100% unique and different from en- every other path. Anyone who has had success, you know, like, the, you know, some people ask, you know, how'd you do it? Like, what was your exact process? And if you try to follow that process, it probably, you probably won't be successful. You need to understand what works for you and experiment and like, just get yourself out there. Uh, and you know, like just embrace your, your own path, embrace your own adversities, embrace what makes you unique and don't try to look for external, you know, sources to try to like define what your path should be. Like you, what your path should be is going to come from the inner source. So do the inner work and figure that out, but also, you know, go out there and experience things and, and try to understand what it is that, you know, gives you that love, that joy, that gratitude, that love for life. And, you know, the, the more you try things, you know, you know, like Thomas Edison, he, he failed in, inventions probably like 10,000 times, but every time he's just like, okay, that's fine. Now I know that this doesn't work. You know, it's, it's, it's all about a mindset. So the more things you try, the more you fail, the, the more you'll, you'll, it'll push you in the right direction of your path. Obviously don't just fail endlessly. You know, we, we have a lot of things that we can learn from other people, but you know, at, at the end of the day, embrace your own path, try new things, you know, in, in, induce novelty into your life. Like Santi said. And, um, the last thing I will say is that, you know, we, we need to, instill our own beliefs into our mind to create the dream life that we want. So just remember that, you know, you, you are not what you are programmed to be. You are not the code. You are the programmer. You have the ability to completely program what goes into your subconscious mind, what becomes automatic and those become your beliefs. And if you can program the beliefs that you need to push you to your dream life, then you have it. And it's going to be a long time for that to happen. But it is the only path you need to take if you want to become the best version of yourself and become an exuberant person that experiences love, joy and gratitude and becomes self actualized. Well said, talk to yourself the way you would talk to your best friend, or your significant other. You wouldn't tell them that they're not enough, you wouldn't tell them that they can't accomplish what they want. So talk to yourself the way you would talk to them. You have unlimited potential and the world is your oyster. Get after it. We believe in you. We love you and have a great week. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media. You can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening. Stay present and have a great day.